We read in this week's Parsha the mysterious episode of Yehuda and Tamar. The Torah tells us that before their encounter, Tamar asks Yehuda, What will you give me as payment? And Yehuda replied, I will send you a goat for my flock. When Yehuda gets back home, he approaches his good friend Adilami to deliver the goat to Tamar to fulfill his pledge to her. But there's something very bizarre about Yehuda's request. This was Yehuda's most degrading, the most disgraceful incident of his life. Why did he confide in his best friend by asking him to do the delivery for him? Couldn't he find the biblical equivalent of Uber? Or just walk into a UPS store and send it anonymously, pay cash and don't include a return address? So let's examine the word friendship. What is considered a true friend? So let me ask you a question. How many friends do you think does an average person have on Facebook? So I was curious myself, so I did a Google search, and incredibly, I was shocked to learn that the answer is 338. What's even more amazing is that in time of crisis, statistics show that you can only count on two of those friends to be there for you, to bail you out out of your predicament. Truly incredible. People like to live this life of illusion, this social media life where they portray this glorious and impeccable image to the outside world. Their 338 so-called quote-unquote friends. But only their true friends know what's really going on in their lives. Their challenges and their hardships and struggles they encounter on a daily basis. Social media followers, likes and friends, those are all fake and fictitious. So how can we determine who is your, who's truly your friend? So the Torah tells us, Yehuda was in a very precarious position. He had to make good on his pledge, but who can he confide in? So Yehuda was in a predicament. Who can he really trust? He needed a true, authentic friend. Who can he turn to? And the Pasik says he turned to Adilami. Yehuda knew that Adilami wasn't just another imaginary, fictitious, mythical Facebook friend. How did he know he was a true, genuine friend? Because when you can share your most ignoble, humiliating, embarrassing moment of your life with someone, and you know they will still support you and not judge you, that's called genuine friendship. That is why he trusted and confided in Adilami. Under the Chuppah and during Sheva Brachas, we make a bracha that refers to the just married couple as Reim or Huvim. Sameach the Samach, Reim or Huvim. We refer to them as Reim, as friends. The question is there are many phrases in Lush and Kodesh for the word friends. What is the uniqueness of the expression of Reim? Why do the, we call them Reim as opposed to Yedidim or Haverim? Why specifically Reim? And the answer is very profound. The word for friend in Hebrew, reya, reish ayin, are the same letters as the word ra, bad or evil. What is the connection between the two? Now with our explanation, it fits beautifully. A true authentic friend is someone to who you can reveal the bad things you have done, your flaws and your blemishes, the things you're not proud of, and your friendship will still be strong. They will not judge you, they will not look down on you or think any less of you. So with this, we have a deeper understanding of Sameach the Samach Reim or Huvim. We refer to the couple as Reim because when a couple gets married, they get married, as they say, it is for the good or for the better. They agree to marry for whatever may come their way. Invariably, human beings aren't perfect. We all have our flaws and our shortcomings. 
The idea of Reim is to stand firmly behind your spouse or your friend and protect and be there for them even when they've done something wrong, even when they've messed up. You are still there to support them through thick and thin and help them get back on track. Here's another beautiful insight on how to be sensitive to a friend's feelings. The Gemara says in Sechtes Megillah that they asked this Taner of Nechunya ben Akana, what did you do to merit long life? His response was, I did not take pleasure in someone else's suffering. And the question is, is that such high praise? You would think any ethical human being wouldn't revel in his friend's agony. Why did he state that as his signature accomplishment for being Zohar to long life? And the Mepharshim explained that Reb Nechunya is teaching us a very powerful lesson here. Lernis Chabadati means something a little deeper. Not to take pleasure in someone else's suffering means that when someone was deficient in a certain area, meaning, for example, if a couple was childless, he would not talk about his own children in front of such people as not to cause them even more pain. If someone was poor and destitute, he wouldn't flaunt his assets and his wealth in his presence. That was his message. Reb Nechunya is teaching us having sensitivity for other people's feelings that is the key to long life. Being extra sensitive to the plight of others, that's a true friend. And now we know. Have a wonderful day.